Theology Gals, episode 14, Mother's Day Special. Hi, Theology Gals. Hope you have a happy Mother's Day. Hi, and welcome to Theology Gals. This is kind of a different episode that we're doing because we're doing a Mother's Day special and we have a couple of other Theology Gals with us tonight. But I'm Colleen Sharp and my co-host is Ashley Glassick. And tonight we have Ashley Bacon with us. Some of you will remember her from the Shack episode. And then we also have Rebecca with us. Um, Before we kind of get started, I mean, I think everyone knows Ashley and I. Let's just start with you. Ashley Bacon, can you just maybe share a little bit about you? Because we're doing a Mother's Day episode, so you know, just kind of maybe the age of your ages of your children, and how long you've been married, that sort of thing. Yeah, thank you so much too for having me back on. I'm excited to be hanging out with you guys. So I have I have been married for seven years, and we have a five-year-old. I mentioned some of my kids in the shack episode, but I don't think I gave the the run through. We have a five-year-old daughter. Her name is Aubrey. We have a three and a half-year-old son. His name is Levi. We have a one-year-old son. His name is Judson. And I'm currently in my first trimester with bacon bit number four. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Like people said it with Aubrey and I was like, no, don't call her that. And then after after the second one, I'm like, we're just rolling with it. We have bacon bits. <laughs> it's what we have. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's really cute. And then Rebecca, why don't you share just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um, <clears throat> I am a, basically a newlywed. We are at the end of this month, we're celebrating our one year anniversary, my husband David and I. And we have a little boy on the way who's due June 19th. Owen James. Um, we named him right after we found out the gender. So we, it's been great getting to know him even now during the time in my womb. But we're looking forward to meeting him in June, Lord willing, not too late and not too early, right on time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know they give you those. I think anyone in our audience out there, unless you're one of those people that just kind of does the typical 40 weeks, they give you the due date. And, you know, you think that that's when the baby's going to come. And sometimes they come before that. Sometimes my my babies like to come after that. I was induced <laughs> with all of mine. We always said that they had to be evicted. They, <laughs> they were too comfortable. So. Yeah. Um, but I have a friend who had, you know, all of her children three weeks early. You know, she's like, oh, I'm not ready yet. And, you know, the babies were totally fine. They, you know, that's considered full-term also so mm-hmm. kind of exciting you must be kind of excited just kind of anticipating how you know when he'll come and just oh, yeah. anticipating having you know him here and it is like you, said, Rebecca, <laughs> like you said it's kind of fun getting to know him you know even in the womb i know our our first one he was just so active in the womb and just exactly how he was when i was pregnant is kind of how he was when he got out <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun you know before before we get started um one thing i i just wanted to address because i know that we have a lot of listeners who have fertility and 
birth and even miscarriage. And I know that that is, that is a very difficult thing. It's not something that I have struggled with, but my best friend, um, she, she struggled for years and was finally able to have one child, but it is a real struggle out there. And I know for a lot of women, it's something that they, re you know, it's a time where they really have to learn to trust in the Lord because they have this strong desire to have a child and it's not, they're having a hard time getting pregnant. And, you know, I'm going to put some resources on this episode about infertility and also about miscarriage. And that's another thing. Even a lot of times, I don't know. I don't think, um, I know you haven't, Rebecca, Ashley, have you gone through miscarriage? Yes. Before? Yes. Okay. Um, when we, after Levi, when we were trying for a third, we had one miscarriage. And um, in hindsight, I see the Lord, the Lord used it to work on, work on our hearts in trusting him and his plan. And ultimately it, we feel like it took part in leading us to adopt our next son. And so um, it was a really hard season, but I feel like it led us to, to Judson. So thankful for it. Yeah. And you know, for me, I had, so I just, for those who don't know, I have four sons and they are 14, 16, 18, and 20. My 16 year old will be 17 this week. My 18 year old will be 19 next month. So their birthdays are coming, but I had, I lost one. I had a, a second trimester miscarriage between my third and fourth. And it was, it was very difficult. It was a very difficult thing to go through. And, um, so know that I wouldn't have my Austin and, you know, not that that takes away the pain of, of going through it, but I, it's helped me to be able to trust and find comfort in God's sovereignty. Um, I mean, miscarriage is just a very, it's a, it's a difficult thing to go through. And, um, and I, I think sometimes, you know, it's one of those suffering things that there's kind of different, maybe it's a season. It's a season that the Lord uses to draw us closer to him, you know, where we're seeking comfort from him. And I mean, that's where my comfort was when I, and when I also I found too, I also found too that there were women that I didn't even know that had experienced a miscarriage or fertility issues that after having gone through that built some other relationships and some other connections because of also experiencing something like that. So there was some good comfort and community around that time too. Hmm. That's, that's really great. I didn't, I didn't really have that when I went through it. I didn't know anybody really anyone close to me that had gone through it or talked to me about it, but I've had an opportunity to be able to be there for, you know, others when they have gone through it. Cause mine was 15 years ago. So, hmm. um, so I'm going to hand it over to, we're, we kind of have, a, you know, we put together just a little bit of an outline to follow tonight. I am going to put some links, you know, about infertility and miscarriage. I have um, I have a friend who is going through it right now who found some really good links. And so if that is something that, that you're suffering through right now, you know, I'm going to put some links on there. And it might be something that Ashley and I do maybe a longer episode on in the, in the future, but I'm going to hand things over to my co-host now, Ashley Glassick. All right. So I think we're going to start with Rebecca here. So Rebecca, 
um, since you are about to be a mom, what things are you looking forward to with the birth of your baby coming very, very soon here? Well, that's, <clears throat> there's quite a bit um, besides just meeting him. <laughs> finally, <laughs> um, It's been really cool because ever since we first found out, you know, we, um, we were thinking about waiting the standard, you know, a few weeks to announce it, but felt convicted just to share and also just excited to share right away as soon as we got the positive test because um, I was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis uh, last year. And with that kind of diagnosis, we were, we were wondering about fertility and um, what might happen. And I had to go through two really difficult surgeries and um, uh, we just were, we were burdened by that and just worried about whether or not we'd be able to conceive. And we knew that the Lord could do it, um, but we really wanted children. And, you know, we got married shortly after my surgeries and we tried right away. Um, and then God surprised us and blessed us with the positive test. And, and since that time, every week I've been posting updates um, <clears throat> just about his development and what he looks like. And I've had a lot of ultrasounds for different reasons, but just being able to see him. So really excited about meeting him and then just adjusting to being a full-time mom with him out of the womb and taking care of him. And I have the blessing of being able to stay at home and do that. So looking forward to all of that and just the rest of his life, you know, whatever the Lord wills for, for our family with that. So. I love your updates. I like reading them. <laughs> it makes me excited. I can't wait to meet him. I think, I think you, you post like he's the size of, you know, whatever fruit he's the size of each week. I really enjoy it. Yeah. So that is such a blessing. Like what, what have you and your husband, David, what have you guys been doing to kind of get ready for him to be here? Yeah, we, um, you know, we're besides getting the nursery ready and trying to get, you know, all the stuff we need to take care of him physically. We've just been praying a lot um, for wisdom and just talking about what we want to do and how we're going to, you know, even down the line with raising raising him and educating him. Um, we haven't done a whole lot of formal preparation, but just discussing our philosophies on that and what we want to do. So, um, but mainly prayer and really looking to the Lord and looking to the word on what it means to be parents and to raise up our children and discipline and, and things like that. I'm, I'm very excited to be a mom and it's something I've looked forward to, but now I'm finding myself a bit anxious about it. So <laughs> mostly just trusting the Lord and just praying that he'll guide us. Yeah. Could, could you maybe like elaborate more? Like what, as do you guys like think about being parents and raising him in the faith like what what does that look like for for you guys so we um even now as just a married couple on our own we um do family worship and we don't always you know there are times where we're inconsistent whether david works late or is we're just very tired there's times when we struggle to do it every single day but we try to consistently do family worship and just help one another grow um, to the Lord, praying together and reading scripture together, discussing theology together. Um, and those are the kind of things we want to make sure that while we're raising Owen, that we're teaching him the word daily and David's leading our family in that. And he's leading us in worship, singing Psalms and reading the word and prayer. And um, for me, uh, I want to homeschool him. So 
definitely teaching him through a Christian worldview, um, theology and all the other subjects through that. So, um, and disciplining him regularly and teaching him, you know, the word talks about um, nourishing your child and training up your child. And those are the kind of things that we want to make sure that we do in a way that honors God. So, you know, I I wanted to throw something in real quick. I didn't mention before I wanted Rebecca, just um, could you tell our audience, we've recommended your website before, but can you tell our audience where they can find you and about the website that you have? Sure. Um, I blog at wiseinhiseyes.com. It's um, basically, it's for women and it's basically book reviews and articles um, that are written from a Christian reform perspective um, in order to just help women be wise and discerning. I have reviewed several books. Um, I'm currently on the pause with the blog to make sure we're, you know, I'm in my third trimester, so I haven't updated it for the past couple weeks, but there's already a good amount of articles and book reviews on there, and the book reviews are geared toward um, some popular books that have come out, and I try to review them objectively and, and through a biblical lens to figure out if, you know, how do we discern if this book is, is um, honoring to God and if it's teaching what the Bible says. And then the articles are just covering a variety of topics that impact us. So, yeah, we, we'd love to have you on sometime just to talk about that. And, you know, even though she's on a break right now, there's so much good stuff on there. She looks at a lot and she's taken some of the popular books that are geared at Christian women and she has done a wonderful job reviewing them. So I highly recommend that site, which I'll link in our episode notes. Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, we, I'm so excited to see, I mean, I am so excited because I see, get to see your updates every week. So I can't wait till all of us get to see Owen as well. Yeah. So what are we, how many weeks out are you from your due date now? Like six weeks? Four weeks? I have 34 weeks now. So yes. Like six Ten weeks. Okay. All right. Yes. So very, very soon. So you're feeling very comfortable and Right. And you live in Florida where it's been very hot. So oh, yes. which I know being very pregnant when it's very hot is sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Carrying yeah. groceries in the heat is Oh boy. Cool. Yeah, so, I always yeah. joke and say my e- my easiest pregnancy was Judson because we adopted. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's switch to um, Ashley Bacon. I feel like this is a little confusing because we have two Ashleys today, but we're making it work. Sorry. All right, so uh, Ashley Bacon. Um, so you have little ones right now. I think mm-hmm. you said a five, three, and one year old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what things are you enjoying about having a bunch of littles all at once? Um, (laughs) I do enjoy a lot. It is just, it's easy to think about the hard and the tiring first. It is easy to, to go honestly, to complaining. And so I'm glad that you asked the positives first because I, I want to to think on those things first and to remember every day to be thankful for this season. I mean, I I don't can't speak for all moms, but I find myself like, okay, when this one's potty trained, when this one can 
brush their own teeth, get their own toothpaste, and this one, you know, and I want to be thankful for it today and right now. So yay for positive questions first. <laughs> um, I am enjoying how fun and carefree they are. We went to the park uh, over the weekend and we brought a kite. And we were there for over an hour with this kite and they were running and yelling and screaming and having so much fun and laughing and like playing with the wind and this kite. And I was watching them and I thought, they, they just make everything fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. And if me and Ian went to go fly the kite, it'd be like, this is cool. Mm -hmm. This kite. <laughs> yeah. But with the kids, it was like an adventure and an activity and, um, it, so they make everything fun. They make everything better. <laughs> um, and even though there are it, there are difficulties, I feel like you can also turn those into positives. But um, their imaginations are super wild, and mm -hmm. their need for me is endearing, and also their need for their own independence and their on their own time is um comical <laughs> one minute they don't they one minute they need me and then the next minute for the same thing they don't need me at all because they learned how to do it mm -hmm. so it's really funny to watch <laughs> um they love so um fully and um their cuddles are really good <laughs> we always we always do uh, especially right now with me being in the first trimester, I'm like super tired. And so we always do good morning cuddles. It's just a way for Aww. me to stay in bed a little longer. <laughs> but I love it because they say, good morning cuddles. And we get all, all three of them. My husband's usually at work by then. We get all three of them and they just come and cuddle with me until they're like, all right, I'm bored. And then they yeah. run and act like they're like lions or ninjas or something. Um, their emotions are unfiltered. They, uh, super happy super they're just they're very emotional <laughs> which is fun and my favorite thing right now would be how quick they are to forgive um one, one of them will hit the other one and say you know we'll we'll talk through that and say you know you forgive your brother yeah i forgive him let's go play it's like, okay, I need to do that with daddy. I need, like, I need to do that with, like, with my friends or with other people to be that quick to forgive. So, um, yeah, other than that, they ask good questions and they're fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cute. Uh, I want good morning cuddles. <laughs> okay, so that was the positive. You did wonderful, by the way. That Thank was a you. lot of positives. So what, what, are the, what are the challenges of having a bunch of littles all at once? Uh, um, I feel like challenges with having any littles, whether it's one or um, – eight, whatever, um, just stem from the same thing. It's just selfishness. Like I want to sleep in and I want to do what I want to do. And so I feel like just selfishness is the biggest challenge, but pr I feel like I could also sum it up with the word multitasking. So my, every single day, there's like a variation of this scene I'm about to paint. So the baby is like, standing at my legs while I'm trying to get breakfast and Levi is 
crying because I asked him to brush his teeth. And Aubrey's making up a dance that she wants to show me. So I, I grab the baby and I get him breakfast and Levi's a limp noodle on the ground because he hates to brush his teeth and he's crying. And I, so I say, okay, we're going to get the baby breakfast. We're going to go in the bathroom and I'm going to help Levi brush his teeth. And he's having a tantrum. And I say, okay, Aubrey, come in here and show me your dance. Well, then she cries because it's not a bathroom dance. It's a living room dance. <laughs> she can't do it in there. <laughs> and I just stand there because now Judson's crying because he ate a snack and I'm just standing there like, Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I mean, so often I just need the Lord. I just, I just need Jesus. Like I am reminded of that hymn, um, every hour I need thee because it is just so true. <laughs> so mm-hmm. true. So sometimes I'm like, all right, we need to put on the worship music. We need to, I mean, I, I don't know. So I feel like just the multitasking because they're all individuals with individual needs and, to meet all those beyond basic needs, but nurturing and caring and teaching and prayer and gospel-centered conversations. It's so easy to just say, like, don't hit your sister, but to sit down and, like, talk through that and not be moralistic, but to be gospel-centered. I mean, it takes time, and at the end of the day, it's like, all right, Lord, I need help because i got to do it tomorrow, too. So it's it's just where I, where I want to be selfish. So it's just, it can be, it's just tiring. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I wanted to throw something in there real quick before you get to your next question, Ashley, for Ashley Bacon. But Ashley, some something I hear from a lot of moms with kids your age is when do you find time to do your quiet time? You know, they say, you know, I'm, you know, the second I, the kids are up before I'm ready to be up sometimes. And by the time they go to bed, I just want to, you know, fall into bed. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, do you have maybe anything you could share with our audience about that? Yeah, I I do something, my kind of motto with parenting and my life right now is I do something until it doesn't work anymore. So before the baby was, before Judson was born, my, I was, it was, it worked out perfectly for me to get up before the two, for the other two. And when Judson was born, him waking up through the night and he still doesn't sleep through the night, I found doing it after the kids were in bed. And so I, I like doing it in the morning, but with right now me still getting up like three times a night, it works. It, it gets done when I'm more awake and I have a little more time if I do it at night. Um, so I try to just, I would encourage women to evaluate um, just their day and to just make sure it gets done because yes, I like the morning, but if it gets done, at night and not like a get done, like I have to do it. But even at night, like, I mean, I would love, I would love to do it morning and night. I mean, I, like I said, I need the every hour, but, um, when, when one time doesn't work because of one season, I, I, I ask the Lord, like, when, when can this be done? Cause I need to do it. I need to be in the word. I need to pray. Um, and, Sometimes I'll tell the kids, like, okay, mommy needs to go read her Bible. Everybody leave me alone. <laughs> or I'll say, um, you guys want to watch TV? Which they, like, you know, we try to limit the screen time. So, like, yes, go read your Bible. Like, let me watch TV. <laughs> um, and other times I've told, I've talked about this on the shack one. I go to the gym and sometimes I'll, I'll do, like, the quickest workout ever and just sit in the bathroom and read my Bible. <laughs> so, I mean, I just try to try to – just make sure I uh, I get to meet with the Lord every day, and I prefer mornings. But lately, it's been after they they go to bed. 
So, so you're saying, you know, you need to be flexible, which I yes. think really is something, um, something I, I think that's actually an important lesson. And I think that's a really good thought too. If, if what you're trying to do right now isn't working, then you need to try, you know, try something else that will work. Maybe that's a good encouragement. Yeah, for a while, when Judson was born, he wasn't. I anticipated a couple months he wouldn't be sleeping through the night, but I'm like, okay, he's ten months old. I really mourned like that I didn't have those mornings anymore. That I was so tired, and that like if I got up, I would have to. I was putting him down again at four a.m. and my alarm was at five, and I'm like, God, I just can't do this, Lord. I don't know. Um, and so I mourned that for a while, um, but like you said, I. I gotta be flexible or else it just wasn't gonna happen or I was gonna be half asleep or fall asleep for it. So yeah, to be flexible, that's good. Yeah. So what what do you and Ian do with the kids in terms of like like do you guys do like catechisms or like what does raising your kids in the faith look like? Um we do actually uh we do it. Uh, family, like nightly family devotions. And I've actually talked a little bit on the Theology Gales Facebook group, like, help, is it supposed to be this crazy? They're like jumping off the couch. <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> but we, we found that doing it over dinner usually, usually works best. So we have this book um, showing you guys, maybe you can put the link to it. it uh, it's family devotions based on the Heidelberg. And I know that some things go over their heads, but it has spurred so many good conversations and prayers. And um, even with Ian and I, so we'll finish with the kids and they'll, we'll put them to bed. We're like, well, so what do you think about that? Or that's really interesting. Or I've never, you know, I didn't know the Heidelberg said that or whatever. Um, so we're going, we do that on a nightly basis. We try to stay. What's the name of that? And I'll link it in the okay. episode. It's uh, Comforting Hearts, Teaching Minds, Family Devotions Based on the Heidelberg. And they also have one for the Westminster. It's by Star Mead. And mm. it's, re- it's really good. It's, little, it's like you have your, every Lord's Day, you have like your catechism questions. And then the week you spend kind of digging deeper into what that means, the scripture for it, and... It's good. It's really good. Um, so we do that on a nightly basis. And let's see. We also, the kids, my kids love music and kids learn so much through song and music that um, we make sure we have really good, like theologically sound um, music playing and we sing. And um, like another thing we do is try to honor the Sabbath. And that's something that we do on the Lord's Day is have like an extended time of family worship where my husband, I mean, super blessed. He plays the guitar. So it makes it like really nice, (laughs) but um, he plays the guitar and we'll sing like different hymns and the kids will like request songs. And we have Mm -hmm. uh, a really fun time with that. And it teaches a lot of like theological points. There's this one for those that know me uh, know I like hip hop and I do think it's music, and, <laughs> and there's this one Shylin song uh, called Hypostatic Union, and we got to that topic in our family devotions, and my daughter was like, Hypostatic Union, I know that, fully God and fully man, remember the song? And Levi's like, yeah, I remember, and it was just like really cool <laughs> that they made that little connection there, um, and then... Yeah, so and then trying to um, celebrate the the Sabbath, we do something that we're recently trying to do is never is to not assume the gospel in our house. So like every 
um, every Sabbath we have dessert for dinner. The kids like love that. We don't eat dinner. We eat like pie for <laughs> Lord's Day dinner. They're, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, I have pie. Um, is it the Lord's Day yet? I want dessert, you know. Um, and we, t- we talk about like, what is the gospel? And we just do like gospel refresher on that day. Um, mm-hmm. And if that's been good for me too, because I, I, I don't preach the gospel to myself enough. And so to every Sunday to try to like, okay, you're growing up in a Christian home, but like we always need to be like talking about the gospel because sometimes we're talking about the hypostatic union, but we need to like keep refocusing on the gospel. So that, and lastly, just um, praying with them and talking, talking with them. Like every moment can be a teachable moment. Every Mm -hmm. time is a time to praise. Every time is a time to pray. And so it's when I take the time or when Ian takes the time to like utilize, you know, those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Lord's Day dessert. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we plan it out. We're like, oh, this one was so good. Like, what do you want to do for the next Lord's Day dessert? <laughs> it's fun. So I think, Colleen, it is your turn. So we did the new mom or the almost new mama, the mother of littles, and now you are the mom of four teenage boys. Yeah, for teenage and young adults, because I have one right. almost 21. Almost 21. So what what is it like being the mom to four well, teenage boys? You know, first, I have to say, listening to Rebecca and then listening to Ashley just brought back so many memories for me. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I cry very easily. And not because I'm sad, but there's just so many, so many wonderful memories of you know, it's even though those times, like Ashley was talking about some of the struggles, you know, even though there's struggles, there's so many sweet times when she was talking about how there's, there can always be teachable moments. There really is. There's so many times through the day where you can end up in a theological discussion with your six-year-old. <laughs> um, I remember when my son, Jonathan, he's my oldest, was four and a half. He came to me and said, mommy, if Jesus died for all my sins, how come he only died on the cross once? And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> so, he was a pretty intellectual child. And so I tried to explain it and he gave me this puzzled look and said, can you call pastor and get the right answer now? I called our pastor and I said, well, he wants to talk to you about it. <laughs> he thinks you have the right answer and I don't. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, he listened to what our pastor said and he got off the phone. I said, well, what did he say? He said, he said too much. (laughs) (laughs) And then we had um, another pastor friend over, another OPC pastor friend over for lunch one day. And, and I said, you know, Jonathan ask, you know, Pastor O'Harrick. And so he's like, okay, I'll ask him. So he asked him and he said, well, when you when you take a bath, you know, no matter how dirty you are, how you know how many baths do you need? It's like just one. And you know, he went through this whole thing with them and talked to him about the atonement and stuff. And he's like, "Okay, I get it now. I'm happy." You know. <laughs> <laughs> but but then there's also the times like my son Ian. He was three and a half, and we had our pastor over, and um, they were, you know, standing in the backyard talking. And Ian, you know, said, um, "Pastor." I'm a big boy now, so I don't need Jesus anymore. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, what are you teaching your kids? Oh, goodness. Um, so, and there's, so there's, you know, different things. When they're little, it's, it's, 
it's so much fun because their minds are just constantly learning. And, you know, I would encourage both Rebecca and Ashley when Ashley was talking about things going over their head. And I know that Rebecca, her and her husband already talked to their son and, you know, even things that they don't fully grasp. It, it's like it soaks in somehow, you know, that they really are always learning, even if it seems way above them, because you find out as they start talking and they start saying things, wow, they really absorbed more than I realized. And so, and it, that's just a really fun part of being a mom. And I, when my kids were growing up, people used to say to me, oh, just wait till the teenage years, because I've got four boys, you know, that are the number one and two are 21 months apart and two and three are um, 23 months apart and and then um, three and four are about two and a half years apart and people would say that to me and I you know I just thought you know what I'm gonna enjoy the teenage years and I have to say I have I have absolutely loved the teenage years I I can't say anything is my favorite stage because I think they all have such wonderful aspects but I love the teenage years it's so fun watching my my boys turn into young men and it's it's just a lot it's just so much fun and and the conversations we have you know um my son Austin is 14 and he has a um, he has a friend who's a Mormon, a girl, and she came to him and said, I don't believe in Mormonism. And I never have. And he he was telling me, like, you know, he said, well, you know, Christianity is the only thing that makes sense. He's telling me this and he's telling me all about the resurrection and all of this stuff. And, you know, this great conversation. And, and he's very concerned about his friend because she went to her parents and said, I don't believe in Mormonism. And he's trying to share the gospel with her, but talking to me about that and just, you know, so, which is a very difficult situation. Um, but it's just so neat to see my kids thinking, even theologically, and coming to me with, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, and I know, remember when my son Ian was, I think he was about 14, and he came to me and he said, Calvinism is the only thing that makes sense in the Bible. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yep, of course, that's what you've been taught your whole life. But you know, <laughs> now, not all of my kids agree with me theologically. <laughs> there are times they start, you know, all of a sudden you're like, wait, you're not supposed to think for yourself. <laughs> um, but where they come and they're like, I, you know, I'm not sure about about this thing. And, and I'm going to be really honest now. I have a son who has left the faith. Yeah, having my, my son leave leave the faith um, thing I've gone through as a mom. But I don't mean to just get sad here, but I but I also want to share another side of that because I, I know that we have other moms going through that. And, you know, you go through so many things of what did I do wrong? What did, it's so easy to do that. It's just so easy to do that and say, what what did I do wrong that, that my child has walked away from the Lord? You know, that we baptized him into the covenant, we raised him in the Lord, and we catechized him, and we taught them the gospel. And what did I do that he doesn't believe? And I, a couple years ago, I just, I was reading scripture, I can't remember which verse, but I did, I felt this conviction that I was really trusting in myself for my children's salvation. 
And I realized I was not trusting the Lord for my children's salvation. I was trusting in myself for my children's salvation. And I had to repent of that. And But through that process, the Lord gave me such great peace regarding my son, and um, which I'm very grateful for. And I pray for his salvation constantly. But, you know, so there... I won't say that the teenage years have have had no challenges. We have had challenges with one of our sons, but we do have a very good relationship with him. You know, he he's asking questions. He he's reading through the Bible right now. He came to me yesterday and said, asked me a question about Genesis. He wasn't sure what something meant. So, um, but our family and what happened in in his case is that our family went through a really difficult season right in the midst of his teenage years. And um, I became sick and we lost um, several people close to us. And And he got to the point where he just was, I guess, mad at God. You know, I don't, he said to me, what he said to me is, I can't believe in a God who allows those who love him to suffer. And of course, that's just his own rebellion um, and sinfulness talking. But and so, but he also, you know, for a little while said, you know, I'm an agnostic atheist. And then Christmas Eve, he came to us and said, um, I'm not an atheist any longer. So he's he's still working through it. But that I think that's the hardest thing because it's so, there's nothing that you want for your children more than for them to, to love the Lord and walk with the Lord and raise their own children in the Lord. Um, so anyways, I didn't mean to get into to all of that, but you know, another thing I would say about the teenage years is, um, I was, I was really blessed to have some people influence my life greatly about, um, about having grace in my home, in, in demonstrating the gospel in my home during their teen, the teenage years. I think that made a really, really big difference. Um, and that's actually something we're going to be doing a Father's Day episode um, with um, an author, Scott Keith, who's um, written a book called um, Being Dad, Father is a Picture of God's Grace. But the same person who influenced him um, about this was a big influence in my life, um, my brother-in-law's dad that I also, and I think I've even seen how that has made a big difference in Jonathan's perception of Christianity because he... Um, has a lot of friends from our homeschool group who have also left the faith, but for very different reasons. And he has friends who were in extremely legalistic homes. And um, Elise Fitzpatrick says, legalism produces rebellion or self-righteousness. And I have seen that too many times. And these these kids were in this legalism with very little gospel, which you see sometimes in homeschool circles, you know, want nothing to do with God. And Jonathan will say to me, because we Still have a very close relationship. He'll say, well, so-and-so was talking bad about Christians, and I told him not all Christians are like that. And he <laughs> explains the gospel to kids and what it, what the gospel really is and stuff like that. So I think that's an important thing. Cause, and I think your discipline of your kids really changes from the time they're little. You know, and they're little, you're really kind of, you know, don't put the fork in the light socket. <laughs> And, you know, and a lot of times when they're really little, like Ashley, you have a one-year-old, I mean, you're disciplining him because you want him to be safe, you know? So I think our approach to discipline when they're really little, when they're unable to reason, even if you do um, 
remind them of the gospel and what God's words of the law and gospel, what God's word says. It's it's different than when they're 15 and they've um, yeah. rebelled against um, against you. But I'm I'm just very grateful. I ha I think having such a wonderful husband who's such a good father and has a very close relationship with my sons. I mean, it's, I'm just very grateful for that because I hear stories of friends of mine talking about their husband fighting with their teenage son and I'm grateful. My husband is just very, um, I overheard my kids talking one day, three of them, and they were saying, daddy is just the kindest person, don't you think? You know, I was like, who, what teenagers talk about their dad like that? You know, yeah, that's, so, that's crazy. <laughs> that's great. And they're like, yeah, everybody just loves him. And I was like, I was just listening and they're just, then they're going on about all these great things about their dad. Yeah. You know, he just always does stuff with us. I just, I think that's so great. He does stuff with us. You know, he's just so great. So I, I have to give a lot of credit um, to my husband. Ashley had to step out. So I guess it's just the three of us now. I did want to talk a little bit about catechism because I know we have a lot of ladies in the group and, you know, I know Rebecca, it's something I'm assuming you're planning on teaching Owen the catechism, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I forgot to mention too, one of the things that we do more so in our schooling, um, like in the morning is we have this catechism book that I feel like it would, I always recommend this to um, moms with young kids like me. My pastor actually gave this to us when I think my daughter turned one. And I have a, like a really great video of her 18 months old, like answering the first few questions, like who made you? Why did God make you? And she, you know, saying things like, uh, where does God teach us to praise and enjoy him? And just her little voice, the Bible. Like it was just really great. Um, yeah, it's this. It's like my first book of question and answers, and we do this with my kids now. Um, it's kind of like a buffer for the Westminster shorter. Uh, oh, I'll I'll have to get that from you, and I'll link link that too. And I think you brought up something important and something that can encourage Rebecca. Is my kids as soon as they could start talking, we are doing those first three questions of the catechism. Who made you? Mm -hmm. God. What else mm -hmm. did God make? You know, and yeah. they that was some of their first words, you know. Mm -hmm. And you can really start when they're very young, especially with those those, you know, first first questions. Mm -hmm. And one thing I did, of course, when my kids were little, um I had a tape player. Uh, maybe my audience doesn't know what that is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, took, I recorded myself you know doing the, the children's catechisms and I'd play it at night and they they really like that or reading, you know, verses and mm -hmm. and stuff. But what benefits, Ashley, you know, for someone who said, you know, the first time I heard about catechism when I was newly reformed, I thought, that is not a Catholic thing. Mm -hmm. And um, shouldn't we just read the Bible or what, what benefit, but really let's, let's talk about what is the benefit of teaching our children the catechism? I think... I mean, I have a benefit from it, so I feel like it's more what is the benefit for the individual? I am I grow and learn so much from even these basic these which seemingly basic things that I'm going through with my kids. Um, one thing that I love most about them memorizing these is um, well first off, 
at this age, they're sponges and they can, and it'll amaze them, them and make them happy and want to memorize more. And it amazes me. You know, I think my, my five-year-old's on like question like 60. And the fact that she has the first 60 of these little things memorized is amazing to me. And other theological things will come up or questions she'll ask me. And sometimes I respond by asking her a question of one of the catechisms and she knows the answer already. I don't, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know. Like, um, oh, that, uh, is God that tree? Some, something like that. They'll be pl playing the three-year-olds like, oh, I'll pretend that, that God is that tree. And I'm like, well, Aubrey, what is God? And she's like, well, God is a spirit. And I'm like, well, what is a spirit? An invisible being that does not have a body like us. You know, just little things like that. I'm like, see, you already knew. Like, so God is not that tree. You know, just little things like that, that from memorizing these praying, I pray that, later in life when the questions that maybe aren't the same as, you know, or playing make-believe and God's that tree, whatever, that um, they can be brought to mind. And hopefully as they get older, we'll not just learn the answers to these, but in this book, they have scripture references and to be able to point to scripture. That's the thing I always teach um, that I really am trying to like hammer into my kids I'm, that people are going to always say things and um, say things to you maybe as fact, and it's you all, you're, the question you always ask is, where is that in the Bible? Can you please show me? And so I want them to be able to know the references to one day, you know, be able to please show others where that is in the Word. So, Yeah, and I think my son that has the faith, I, but he, he memorized the whole Shorter Catechism, so I know that that is in his his head. And Rebecca, I know you you sing the Psalms, which we did in our family worship also. And I would say a wonderful thing. You're just from singing the Psalms, your child at a young age will be able to sing, you know, whole Psalms mm -hmm. just because you guys are teaching them, you know, to him from the time he's in, you know, you're pregnant with him. I bet you're singing them to him now. Oh, we do. And um it's amazing because we'll sing them and David will sometimes specifically sing them to him, you know, get down and sing into my belly and, <laughs> and Owen will move more when, when, whenever we sing a psalm and even specific psalms he seems to recognize already. So but we, that's one of the first things I want to do like the day he's born is sing a psalm to him. And just from then on, um, I, my husband and I have really benefited from psalm singing. Um, ourselves there's been times where we've gone through a lot of um difficult difficulty and crying over situations that we can't control and in the midst of that emotion and that fear and and different things we'll sing psalms to one another you know if it's me struggling he'll sing to me and if it's him struggling i'll sing it to him and we'll sing it together and the psalms just have having god's word like that just right there in your heart is, is really precious and I want Owen to have that and so we're we're really excited about being able to incorporate that too yeah and that's a that's a good point for those of you who um, aren't familiar with it you know that there is a couple great Psalters out there I know for my own self because we had we the church that we attended when we married and when I was pregnant with Jonathan um, was an RPCNA. So we really fell in love with singing the Psalms. And just like you were saying, Rebecca, where you have those, I will be in a situation, but I have so many Psalms from singing the Psalms. I have so many memorized that will come mm -hmm. to mind in, in different yeah. situations. Um, it's a, 
it's really a blessing. To I also see. have, yeah, I have a, um, a couple articles on my blog um, on how to sing the Psalms, why and how. So, um, and I also have a group called Psalm Singing Sisters on Facebook. So if anyone listening um, might not know how to start with singing Psalms, I go through a detailed explanation there because I hadn't even heard of singing Psalms before, you know, a couple years ago when I started. So it can be a little intimidating at first to figure out how, how to do that with the Psalters and the tunes and things like that. Yeah, so. I will link, I'm going to, I'll get those links from you, Rebecca, and link those because I think that's, that's a really great thing. Even if you aren't somebody who believes in exclusive psalmody, you <laughs> should be incorporating the Psalms into, you know, your family worship. If, if they aren't doing it at your church, you can maybe encourage them to incorporate them into you know Sunday worship and there's a another thing I'm going to link is a we had a girl that just joined our group who has put together some things to go along with the children's catechism and she had some little worksheets she made and I, they just look like they would be really you know a great resource so I'm going to link that in the in the episode um, also you know, it's just, I guess, to wind up, and I, I can start, um, the question would really be, what what has been the biggest surprise to you about being a mom? And Rebecca, you can, I'm sure you already have some things that have been a surprise to you. I would, I would say for me, the biggest thing is how sacrificial um, motherhood is, that my time was not my own anymore, that that really I did so much that it's just very sacrificial, you know, because sometimes you don't want to be up in the middle of the night with a sick child, but you love this child so much. You don't think, you know, in those terms. Um, so that that's something that even though it's very different now, I, you know, for me, my kids can get up and make breakfast, you know, if I want to sleep in and um, and things like sure, that. So I'm working on that with my five-year-old right now. I'm like, Pop-Tarts for everyone. <laughs> Especially when you're pregnant. I, I remember yes. that. Like pregnant with my four and my, um, my son was about the same age as your daughter's because yeah. um, you get so tired. But, you know, I think, but also I think the little, the other thing was just the little things that just brought me so much joy. Just, I guess, enjoying those little things and being grateful to God for just some of those special small things, mm. you know, those, those little moments of cuddling or a conversation. I mean, I still have those moments now where I'll have a conversation and I'll just thank God because it's, there's, I just have so much joy in being a mom. Mm. So what about you, Ashley? What has surprised me? Is that the question? Let's see. Yeah. Like what's it been a big, like, or something that you've learned? <laughs> I've learned a lot. Um, I think one of the, one of the biggest things I've learned, um, and kind of, this kind of goes back to something that Rebecca said, feeling just like, just like praying against anxiousness as, you know, Owen's about to come. I feel like motherhood every single stage there is something you could worry about so therefore a reason to trust in the lord so when it's first trimester it's okay lord i'm trusting that we'll get through this first trimester and second trimester it's okay lord i'm trusting i'm gonna feel kicked soon and it's third trimester i'm trusting i'll go full you know there's always something that you could be worrying about and you know and 
babies are new in every single age. Um, and so I feel like something that I have been surprised by, I guess, is how humble I constantly feel that I, I don't know what I'm doing and <laughs> I can't fix them and I can't save them and I can't watch, like one, one time, the only time my daughter ever got stitches, she was in a room full of 20 people and I was two feet away. And I'm like, of course, she will get stitches when everyone's right here, of course, because I'm right here and I think I'm watching her and I'm, I got it. And I just, I'm constantly reminded the Lord, the Lord is what? The Lord, it's weird to say it like that, but the Lord is the one who is protecting my children. The Lord is the one who's sustaining them. The Lord is the one who I pray is drawing them to himself. And I feel humbled to be an instrument um, to be used as a mom, their, their mom, um, to try to sanctify me and to do my role well for his glory. So I think like I was surprised by by the depth that I would feel with that because I thought it would just be like coloring and stuff, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, there's so many unexpected, like, Lord, I didn't plan this, though. <laughs> yeah. It's not yes. my plan. And like my three-year-old, I mean, we don't teach him to sin, but he is, he's just like innately a little more angry of a child. And I'm like, Lord, I didn't want an angry child, an angry three-year-old, okay? <laughs> this is really hard. <laughs> and it's, all right, I'm going to be faithful, Lord, to to try to raise this child for your glory. So, Rebecca, has there been anything, you know, just in anticipating your first child that has either surprised you or something that you've learned that is, you know, that has been surprising? It doesn't even have to be surprising, but, um, you know, are there things that you've learned already as you get ready for this birth? Yeah. Um, uh, kind of go back to your saying about sacrificing. I think it's starting now. <laughs> I didn't expect pregnancy to be so uncomfortable. I honestly did not. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect because, um, you know, I knew there'd be uh, some nausea, but I didn't expect to have weeks and weeks of just constant nausea. And and then I, didn't, I knew that I'd be tired, but I didn't know I'd be like, I literally can't do anything right now. I have to lay here on the couch. Um, you know, and now, like, I get up every night at 2.30 a.m. And I this morning, I didn't even go back to sleep. I just got up and made breakfast and everything. So things like that. Even now, it's like that, that sacrifice. But um, other than that, there's also just the miracle of it. Um, you know that God is you know, Psalm 139, God knits us together in our mother's womb, but to actually have that happening inside of you and to see it, you know, when you go, when I went to the OB and got an ultrasound and to see the heart beating and to see my baby's body and know, and then go back again and see it again. And it's different and it's grown and knowing that I've, I have nothing to do with that. I mean, it's in my body and God's using my body to do that, but he's the one knitting the baby together. And, um, doing all those things. So it's like a miracle to me just to see God, how God did that and um, feeling him move and just knowing that there's another person in, in me and growing and um, someone that God, you know, God has all of his number, his days numbered. And um, so he's a, he's a soul, you know, just that kind of perspective is really amazing. And then lastly, I would say um, like what Ashley was saying, having to learn to trust the Lord because um, from right in the beginning, I was so afraid of a miscarriage. And I remember I had bleeding at five weeks and 
I went to the hospital and I was just so afraid and I was shaking and throughout the whole ultrasound they did, I was just, you know, and I was trying to trust the Lord. I was, I was singing Psalm 23 to myself and David was comforting me, but, um, it was really hard. And even now I'm, I'm still nervous, you know, just about the birth, about just everything, you know, if he doesn't move for a while, I'm still, and think I struggle with that. I struggle with anxiety, but I see how God is using this to, to, to cause me to trust him more and to grow in trust. And whenever we do go through times of an uncertainty and change, then we, God uses that to lead us to trust him and to see his faithfulness, even when it doesn't go as planned, even when there is something wrong. Um, just seeing how he sustains us even through that and comforts us. And my husband and I have bonded a whole lot over this pregnancy. It's been a blessing for our marriage. Our marriage is very new, but I, I can say that just through, through um, Owen being in our lives even now, it's just really taught us um, just God's goodness and how to love each other more. And just having a little family, it's been a huge blessing. So those are a few things now, and I'm sure I'll have a lot more once he arrives. <laughs> yeah, one thing I I remember just how much I loved seeing my husband be a dad, even just, you know, while I was pregnant, and then when the baby was born, seeing my husband hold this baby and be mm -hmm. a father, it just, you know, it really strengthened our relationship, and then him supporting me. Mm -hmm through being a mom and and stuff but yeah i think you don't i i always say like being i i don't know if there's much in life that is an exercise in learning to trust the lord like being a parent mm -hmm. because it you know even you know you go through the pregnancy and you, you have a healthy pregnancy and birth and stuff like that and there can be other things um I, you know i have a son with cerebral palsy mm -hmm. and that happened um it was a difficult birth and he, that's my son he'll turn 19 next month but you know just different things like that and yet the most wonderful thing though is that my son with cerebral palsy benjamin and he will you know he's got a lot of learning disabilities and and some different things but i see that god made that's how god made him and God made him just how he made him for a reason. And he is one of the greatest joys of our lives. It's such a tender-hearted, kind, giving young man. You know, all my other boys say he's their best friend because he's just, he's just a remarkable young man, even with his struggles. You wouldn't know his struggles because he doesn't see them as struggles. But... Um, but and I had to learn to trust the Lord like you know what's gonna happen to Ben what's he you know what's he gonna be like when he becomes an adult you know is he gonna be able to get married and have kids and which that probably won't happen but I also see that God made him for for what God and his goodness made him for and um, so it, it's a lot of of trusting the Lord I think mm -hmm. when we have kids yeah, I, something that I wanted to, to touch on too about the husbands is I feel like the balance that Ian's strengths and my strengths and us working together and us being a team, it's so solidifying when my kids ask for something and you know, and my and I'll say, what? Well, what did Daddy? You already you just asked Daddy. What did he say? And they're like, Oh, you guys are always on the same team. You know, I'm like, Yay! <laughs> and so I love that how that has 
worked almost indirectly worked on things with our marriage too. Like, okay, we got to be on the same team. Like, where do we stand with this? Like we have little powwows sometimes, like we can't let them take over, you know? Like, <laughs> And I love seeing, like you said, my husband be a dad and you talking about, um, your husband, Rebecca, like singing uh, to Owen while he's in your womb. Like my husband like mm -hmm. hugs my belly. It's just really sweet things to see, to see your husband be a good dad. And I, mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I would, I would also add, I see how, you know, God matched me with someone that our, our strengths and in, even in some ways our weaknesses you know, fit together to, to be this parental yes. team. Yes. Where, I mean, I have four boys and they are all very protective of me. And, and I, they probably could sometimes just get me to do whatever they want. <laughs> mommy, you know, and, and sometimes I have, I know, I know that though. My husband knows that too. So sometimes I say, you need to go talk to daddy. <sighs> Darn. <You know? laughs> yes. and, and, and I've, but I've had to do that too. Cause I know, I know just doing whatever they want is not wise either. But yeah. my husband, my husband just has such a, he is, he is so good with parenting at this age. He has these little family meetings and he had a meeting with our son who's going to be 21 and you need to work on this. And you know, how's your budget? And he set him up with this whole budget a while back and he checks on him and well, you need to be saving this much every month. And what are your goals? And, um, can he do that with me too? Me and my husband? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Yes. Well, and he, my husband must do it because that is not my strength, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's got, he got, uh, YNAB, which is you need a budget, a budgeting software, which is wonderful. He buys it for our kids when they reach a certain age. And he makes, he teaches them, I mean, he's, he sits them down, he teaches them to be on a budget, even if it's just small things. And if they want some, you know, cause I, you know, when they get jobs and stuff, if they want something, they have to save up a little bit and, you know, each paycheck and does, you know, and he's just so, my husband has so much wisdom in, and he, he's just has wisdom in areas that maybe I'm not like my husband is very organized and has the everything in the budget all perfect and mm -hmm. has the kids doing that. That's not my strength. But then there are other things that are my strengths, you know, where sometimes my husband will say, can you, can you talk to Jonathan about this thing? I think you need to talk with him. So, and I like that, how we can kind of recognize each other's strengths and yes. work together. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you have a lot to be excited about Rebecca. I'm, I'm glad that you guys, um, could come on and just kind of talk about talk about motherhood because I think it's exciting. I think there's so many different fun ages and you both have much to look forward to. I mean, I, I still feel like I have things to look forward to because, you know, my son, one of my sons says he's going to marry this girl, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not engaged yet, but, you know, and I'm all, and then he's telling me and we want to have kids and you know, different things. And so I, I have other things to look forward to. And it's a very different relationship when they kind of go from, you know, being your child to being an adult and that relationship changes, but it's, there's a lot of fun to it. It's very fun. And when they come to you for advice mm -hmm. and, so it's just yeah I, I love Colleen to hear how much it sounds like your boys talk with you and how 
like, you know, he told me he wanted to marry her and kept kids. Like, that's really great. I love that. I want that for my kids when they get older. Yeah. Well, my boys do talk to me. There are some things where I'm like, um, yeah, do not talk to me about that. <laughs> talk to your father right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am. That was something that was really important to me. I wanted, I wanted my children to feel like they could come and talk to me. And, you know, I'm very grateful that each of them do. A mm -hmm. um, couple of them are more talkative than the others. <laughs> but yeah, they all they all do they all do they all do talk to me, which I'm I'm very I'm very grateful um, for that. That's good. You know, you don't know what the teenage years and mm -hmm. you know and on are going to look like. So. I have a I have a quick question. I know this is not an outline. You could cut this, but um, yeah. What are your thoughts on spiritual mothering on women who are not mothers or like spiritual mothers in the church or I don't know, basically what are your thoughts on that? Well, can you, can you, ex you know what? And I, I think it's fine to add to this episode, but can you explain what that means? I've, I did, our Titus two group went through the book, spiritual mothering by Susan Hunt. Oh, um, I didn't even know there was a book. Oh, okay. cool. <laughs> So you and and so basically what you're talking about Ashley is you know f for me let's I'm an older woman going to having a spiritual motherhood relationship with a younger woman that's what you're referring to right yeah and like it just made me think of you mentioned before in the group how one of your son's girlfriends uh, like talks to you and you kind of like a spiritual mother to her and um, my mom is not a Christian yet and I've had some spiritual mothers throughout my Christian walk and it's like thank you happy Mother's Day to you guys too <laughs> yeah and it really is what we see in scripture kind of the older women teaching the younger women and I I would almost like to go back because it's been like 10 years since I read that book spiritual mothering but I had a even though my mom is she is a great earthly mother and a spiritual mother and I know Rebecca you lost your mom when you were younger right yeah. mm-hmm yeah, so I've had a lot of, um, not even just mothers, mothers, but also families that have taken me in over the over the years, and the Christian families in particular, I'm very thankful for, and so I do have, you know, I thank God for the relationships I have with older women that have really helped me grow, not just in spiritual topics, but just in life in general, and just being a mentor. Life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you... Because getting married and having your first child, I mean, I'm sure it's hard yeah. not having your mom. It is. Um, it is really hard. And, and in fact, there's a woman who goes to my church that she just bought a house in town. And um, I was able to go visit her. And we, you know, I was only planning to be there for a little bit. But we ended up talking. And she really, she's really, I can tell she's going to be able to disciple me and help me a lot through just being a wife, being a mother, and just in general, just being a Christian and growing in the faith. So I'm really thankful for that. And uh, I think that I actually think it's, it's wonderful. My mom is, is just a wonderful godly woman who, you know, instilled in me the word of God and the gospel and reads more theology books now than I do. I became reformed, introduced her to books. She started reading and, um, but I have also had women in my life who really had that role. In fact, when Rebecca was talking, I was thinking of, I had two women in my life when I got married. And then when I had my first child who really 
just came alongside me and taught me about being a wife and being a mom and, you know, as a Christian wife and mom. And I'm so grateful to this day. It's been different people. And um, we moved here to Colorado when Jonathan was one. And um, there's one woman who she she died a few years ago from cancer, but she taught me so much about being a wife and mom and homeschooling my kids and raising my children. And she's just a huge, huge influence in my life. It was really hard to lose her. But then there was another woman who also was a big influence in my life. And she came to me probably, I was probably in my late thirties. And she said, you know, you are the older woman now, Colleen. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> No, I'm not. No, I'm not ready for that. No. Um, I mean, I had younger women in my life, but she she really just encouraged me and said, "You need to encourage, you know, younger women." And I think it can, you know, I have a few younger women in my in my life. In fact, one even came to me and said, "Will you be a spiritual mom to me?" Because I don't have that, and I don't have a mom who is that to me. So I, what do you think, Ashley? Um, I think that, I think that, um, I didn't even think about this until I brought it up. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that there are women who, um, who do a great, great job at encouraging others. And I don't think it only has to be, I mean, I know Titus says it has to be, uh, let me let me retract the age older women with younger women but I've had so many young moms and women of all different ages encourage me and um, women who have been Christians longer than I have or who that I ask questions to that's something I'm really excited about we're getting ready to move back home and our church our home church is 113 years old and there are a lot of older women there and I'm going uh, we're going back home, and I'm excited to try to find, like, be intentional to find some older women who can almost be in that spiritual um, mom role with me and for me. Um, and I think that uh, the Lord, I think that the Lord um, can use that, those roles and those seasons of being like the, you know, the older woman or the younger woman to really teach us and to show us and to remind us of big picture, remind us of eternity. When I'm like knee deep in diapers, I want that spiritual mom to remind me yeah. of the big picture of the gospel because it, like, we I mean, were talking about it now, and, but I mean, day to, like in the day, during the day, it's so easy to forget or to be overwhelmed and to have uh, just relationships and community in general, but someone who kind of, I don't know if I need to define the relationship of, uh, will you be my spiritual mom? But just to have some of those women to go to, um, I think can be nothing but a benefit, really. Yeah. And I will I will tell you one of, you know, two, two of <laughs> the two that were really for a long period were like that to me, were not afraid to reprimand me and correct me um, when yes. necessary. I mean, it wasn't something they did all the time, but if they did it, I mean, I, I need to listen up. Not that I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, want I that too, yeah. Someone to be, to be honest. I feel like that's a huge part of community. Like, hey, my kid did this. Well, did you apologize? Did you sinned against them as well? You know, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Oh no, you know, I want that. Yeah. They're, um, 
that one of the women that was in my life, we had, there's a lot going on at our church and we were at the church all the time, volunteering, doing this and that. And, and she finally said, your work is not at the church. You, you are doing work for the, you're justifying doing work for the church, but you're doing it at the expense of your family. And so it's not okay. I was like, whoa. But I was like, wow. yep, she's right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wanted to say one other thing too, and I'll put that book that I mentioned about spiritual mothering. But one thing I, I did want to say about um, motherhood is I was convicted. My kids are really little and I would raise my voice sometimes. And I was really convicted that when I raised my voice at my children, I was sinning. Um, you know, there's a difference between saying, you know, raising your voice because they're about to run in the middle of the street or, but when I was raising my voice at my children, it was because I was, because I was sinning in the way that I was dealing with my children. I was reprimanding them not to train them. I was reprimanding them because I was annoyed or angry. Mm. And so Saul or Ephesians 4, 29 let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. That was a verse, I memorized it, and man, the Lord just kept bringing it to my head, where I would even ask myself questions from that verse, you know? Because um, unwholesome word does not just mean crass words. But is, is my speech to my husband, to my children, is it edifying? It is, is it gracious? Mm. And um, anyways, I just, I don't know why when you guys were talking, I just, I just thought it's something I wanted to share. But I, um, and God, it, it was very hard for me to stop raising my voice at my children. But the Lord just really, really, really has helped me. My 14-year-old said something to me. I didn't think one of my children would ever say. He says, Mommy, you like maybe yell at us one time a year, and it's probably because we deserve it then, you know. I think that is, I feel like that's a, that's a great point because so often we see our, our sins or things that we struggle with, we see our kids doing those, and it is almost, it is accountability for us because I'll raise my voice to my daughter and then, you know, they'll be in the bedroom. No, Levi. I'm like, oh my gosh, she sounds just like me. Right. No. And so I, I, I think that that is huge because you can see it then your kids starting to pick up on those little things. And I mean, I go, I, I go in the bedroom. I'm really sorry. Like I shouldn't be acting like that. Please don't like, let's pray. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. Like, no. Right. And I, and I've had to go and like you talked about, Ashley, apologize to my children for sinning against them and yes. disciplining them because I'm annoyed or angry is not, is, that's not in scripture. It doesn't say, you know, train up your children when you're annoyed and angry with them. Um, so I don't know. It's just that kind of really helped me if I was angry because I do, I get angry. We did this thing where I'd say, go sit in my room and I waited till I was calm before I would go and discipline. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I got really convicted about disciplining in anger. Yeah. I, because it, I can't, I can't do that. I, there's been times where I'm like, I need to, let's talk about it in literally an hour when it, when you think it boiled over, but that's when I'll be ready to bring it up and talk about it. Cause I can't, and I can't do it in anger. It's just sin, just sin everywhere. Right. If I do that. I mean, that's some of the challenges, but the, I think with both marriage and parenting, the Lord uses it to sanctify us. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you guys came on. Um, we, we're going to put everything we talked about on the episode notes, and I will be right back. My mom is so pretty, so, so, so pretty, and I love her. Yes. I love her show. Thank you so much, Mommy. That's sweet. I love you. That sweet little message was from Ashley Bacon's five-year-old daughter. Hi, this is Colleen from Theology Gals. We want to thank you for joining us for our special Mother's Day episode. And we want to just remind you of a few things. We are part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. You can find us at BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Click on the Theology Gals tab. You can find all of our podcasts and our blogs there. And also, if you would like to support us, there is a link there on our episodes where you can support us a few dollars a month on Patreon. You can find everything discussed on this episode on the episode page on the website. Thanks for listening.